0: Good morning, friends. Welcome to Agape's podcast on the Book of Psalms. It is good to be back on air for this uh, series of devotional. So may the Lord speak with us this day and teach us His ways. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Now today we continue with Psalm 119 and we are going to look at verses 25 to 32. So if you have your Bible with you, you can turn to that. And let us read this once through. Psalm 119 verses 25 to 32 My soul clings to the dusk give me life according to your word When I told of my ways you answered me teach me your statutes make me understand the way of your precepts and I will meditate on your wondrous works My soul melts away for sorrow strengthen me according to your word Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God indeed. Now, this is another segment of Psalm 119 where the psalmist cried out to God to come to his aid. The psalmist was saying that his soul was clinging on to dust, meaning he was um, feeling somewhat desperately sad, you know, disappointed or even worthless because we know that dust has uh, really not much of a value or worth and uh, he was really feeling a deep sense of worthlessness or even nothingness. And all these things can be very uh, sorrowful, very detrimental to the soul. And therefore, the psalmist asked God to give him life, to like somewhat revive him, you know, to resurrect him spiritually according to his word. Not according to anything, but according to the word of God. Now, why did the psalmist want to ask for this? Because he knows and he believes that the word is life. The word is able to revive the soul even if he was clinging on to the dust, even if he was in a deep sense of uh, desperation and frustration because the psalmist believes that the word brings peace and also a solid hope to those who are feeling downed or even suicidal. So even as he was uh, feeling rather downed depressed, the psalmist was not prepared to give up his intimate relationship with God. He had experienced God speaking with him, uh, because, because this is what verse 26 says, when I told of my ways, you answered me. So it does not mean that when a Christian is feeling lost or depressed, he or she is not really having an intimate relationship with God. Rather, I believe that our relationship with God is not defined by how trouble-free we are in life. But rather, how often do we run to God when we meet with life's many troubles or even events worthy of celebration? Do we praise Him? Of course, we do have the expectation that as we trust and run to God more, we can do better spiritually. After all, the psalmist says that his word gives life. His word gives hope to the redeemed. And here we also see that the psalmist was a rather practical and humble man. You know, he had so much uh, self-awareness which we can learn from. Verse 27 says, Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. You see, the psalmist had no doubt that only God can help him understand the way of his word. God is the best interpreter of his own word, right? And even as God gives gifts to teachers, pastors, evangelists in the church, in ministry to teach his word, we can only do so through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We can only do so uh, after, say, years of uh, really studying the Word of God to the guidance of God Himself. And the caution is that when we read the Word of God, we need to ask ourselves this question. Am I understanding what I'm reading, hearing, or studying through my own presumptions? Or am I doing my due diligence to pray, to seek, and to discern? Now this is very important because, very sadly, there are many false teachers out there among the flock today. Some are outrageous in their claims, some are much more subtle, but no less harmful. So when we hear a sermon, when we hear a teaching, we can do well uh, to practice what I call expository hearing right? Uh, It's not just about expository uh, preaching, but expository hearing. That means we learn to hear if a preacher gives biblical context to what he or she is really preaching or teaching about, especially when things are being lifted from the Word of God. If not, chances are, the preacher is usually preaching really just out of his own experience, telling stories Without, uh, really, um, uh, without really uh, trying to exposit the Word of God, or preaching out of context to further an idea which came to him or her first. Or worse still, he or she could be using the Word of God to further a personal agenda. Indeed, we can be like the psalmist who really cry out to God to, make me understand your precepts, O God, for you are the author And the perfecter of our faith. And as we look further, verses 28 to 32 is a repeat of how sorrowful the psalmist was, and trying in desperation, you know, to cling on to the word of God for strength. And through the verses, we can see how the psalmist he honestly struggled really to keep in line with God's word and yet not slipping into his own sorrow. He wanted to be right with God. He wanted to stand in the sight of justice and truth, and yet his heart was trying to lure him away to maybe self-pity or, yeah, or even to distance himself away from God. But he would have none of that. But he was very honest about it. And the honesty of the psalmists you know, always amazes me how they cry out to God in such desperation, because they truly believe what is good, what is right, what is true. And such desperation does not underline that one is weak, but rather that one is strong in his heart for God. The Psalmist knows that when we say we run to God we make sure we do that with our whole heart and passion, rather than to do it half heartedly. For anything less than full sincerity would just be another kind of deception. To our own hearts. Now, how do we relate to what we have just reflected? One question which comes to my mind as I was uh, reflecting on these few verses is that if we believe that the Word of God gives life, do we actively nurture our children or the people around us with the Word? For example, um, the current hot topic is definitely the repeal of 377a, right? As well as the amendment, a possible amendment to our constitution or the existing definition of marriage. Now the question is, how are we engaging our own children with this through the lens of the Word of God? How are we responding to our friends who ask for our own opinions through the lens of the Word of God? Now in some ways... Um, I have expected the government to propose the repeal of 377A, especially when I saw how it was being talked about, you know, and it just gives plenty of hints that this is going to happen. And now that they're going to do it, no point I feel crying over what's going to be done. Uh, We can definitely pray for wisdom and God-glorifying outcomes where the amendment is concerned, where the repeal is concerned, but most of us, I feel we are not in the position to author what is going to happen. God can do it, yes, right? But most of us, um, we we are in no position to author what's going to happen, not directly, right, in a way. However, I feel that we can prioritize what we are going to do. We can, through the word of God, do something which impacts the life of others where such an issue is concerned. And I will start with my own children, because I believe they need a good anchor right, to navigate such dangerous waters in the years to come. They need to first know that according to God's word, the practice of homosexual acts is as much of a sin as many other sins as highlighted in the Bible. For example, heterosexual adultery, the viewing of porn, taking what is not ours, being envious of other people's power and wealth, being insecure and doing things that harm others, etc. etc. Therefore, I will need to teach them to be clear and to be firm that homosexuality is not a lifestyle approved by the Word of God. And we as an informed people of the Word should defer, should stay clear of other so-called progressive movements we seek to interpret the Bible in a way that accepts homosexuality as a lifestyle or even same-sex marriage. Now, in my years of studying the Bible in its original languages, no matter how I read it, right, from the top to the bottom, to the left, to the, to the right, I really don't see how this is even true to the rules of biblical interpretation. Now, that being said, we should not try to elevate one sin above the other, as if Christians ourselves are perfect beings living in an imperfect world. No, we are not. We are only saved because of the grace of God, and we are still working out our salvation. As we work out our salvation, we are called to love one another, and this includes those who, like many other believers, believe that we are still a work in progress. Now, in the work of ministry, I'm so privileged to get to know quite a few Christians who had or are still struggling with homosexuality, but they, like the psalmist, are clinging on to the Lord for help and can live life victoriously. And I praise God for that. And we should cling on to testimonies like this for encouragement, to teach our children, to inform them about this about what is the truth out there. Therefore, the second thing that can be done is to have conversations also with our young people, right? On what is going on. People in church, listen to their heartbeat, share openly through the lens of the Bible, teach them how to respond to friends who might challenge them on this area of their life, nurture them, not just for the sake of uh, talking about sexuality, but more so to become true children of the living God. People who are like the psalmists will cling on to the testimonies of God for their life. And in that way, we can, through the word of God, help them to appreciate what the psalmist cried out in verse 29 says, put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. Because I've chosen the way of faithfulness I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. And we thank God for His assurance, for His confidence found in the psalmist, which we can learn, which we can learn from. We We thank God for that. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, help us indeed during such a time of need and desperation. We need your word to strengthen our hearts even as we seek to be faithful and righteous. Help us as your people to cling on to you like the psalmists and not give in to soothsayers or false teachers who seek only to devour the flock. Enable us to keep in step with you and give us the love and compassion to be like Christ so that when we meet with others who are different, in their lifestyle or perspectives, Lord, enable us, empower us to show grace to care for and yet stand firm in your truth. And this we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.